As a race, the mile run dates back to the 16th century. It gained immense popularity as a competition. Athletes trained and pushed themselves to be the fastest. And it wasn't just about winning the race. It became about beating time. Who could have the fastest time in the world? And as people got faster and faster, there was a time threshold that could not be beat. Four minutes. The four minute mile became an elusive achievement that was believed to be impossible. Many even believed running this fast was not something the physical body was even capable of. And then in 1954, after several hundred years of the mile run, Roger Bannister ran a race at Oxford University's Ifley Road track in three minutes and 59 seconds. He had achieved the impossible. And what's even more astounding is that this record, it stood for only 46 days. It soon became the standard by which competitive runners needed to run to compete on the world stage. The impossible had not only become possible, it had become normal. This is an example of a limiting belief held by individuals and society that stopped an achievement from happening. There are other examples of limiting beliefs like these. Man flying, the earth being round, planes flying faster than the sound barrier. Imagine the world without these things. These were believed to be impossible, and the impact of these limiting beliefs held mankind back from exploration, invention, and innovation. They held mankind back until in each case, a person or a team of people said, this impact is too great, and we're going to risk what seems like everything to break through. I promise, personal limiting beliefs hold us back as individuals from exploration, invention, and innovation in our lives, relationships, careers, and more. So let's get back to Jade's story. And let's get back to you to find the impact of your limiting belief. I'm Ryan Suave, and this is Breakthrough. Episode 3, The Impact. Let's review the steps we've taken to bring Jade closer to breaking through her limiting beliefs and to freedom. First, we set the stage in defining and understanding limiting beliefs. Next, we helped her to identify the limiting belief holding her back, I'm not good enough. And today, we're going to help Jade understand the impact of her limiting belief. This means getting to know the effect it has on her goals, dreams, relationships, and almost every aspect of her life. I'll first start by asking Jade a relatively easy question. There's no wrong answer, but it's one that I want you to also ask yourself. Let me hear from you first. What do you think the impact of this belief is for you? Hmm. I think it's been a mix of things. Um, it's making me make decisions out of fear. It's actually made me demotivated, which is not like me. Like I get inspired, but I don't want to do anything. Um, which makes me shamefully lazy. Um, and it also, I discovered it makes me judgmental. I start having these weird expectations of other people and it draws back to myself. It actually has more to do with me and how not accepting of my own situation that I am, that I feel like I'm judging everybody else and how they should <laughs> live their life. So it was very strange. I don't like that though. I'm working on that and I want that to not be an, a part of my identity. 
And so how we want to move to working at it, and we'll get to this, is really looking at that belief underneath. Not looking at it like you've done something wrong, but first just understanding that it's there. Yeah. I mean, it's driving even some of the things you said. You said a couple of times, I'm lazy and then shamefully lazy. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if I followed you around for the day, I probably wouldn't think you were very lazy. You might be right. Everyone would say you're right. I mean, I doubt you're just laying on the couch, not doing anything all day, every day. No, I couldn't. <laughs> right. But that I'm not good enough is pervasive enough that even if you're busy and keeping up with things and making your lists on the whiteboard behind you and getting them done, yeah. that you're going to think I'm lazy and shamefully lazy is what you said. Yeah. Part of myself. <laughs> yeah, you are. But that's okay. We're going to work through that. So I'd like to examine some of the other impacts. So this was kind of like how you are in relationships and how you're feeling about yourself. But what's the outward impact? What are the things that you're not going after or not risking for? You started off talking about dance. Well, I feel better because I signed up for an intensive and I feel really good. The thing I'm nervous about is I'm not training because I'd love to go into those things having had warmed myself up. But you mentioned relationships and there is something that's holding me back because of these decisions. Um, and that's my partner wanting me to move in with him. And I'm freaking terrified. And I think what scares me most is I'm terrified of losing my independence because I've just seen a lot of decisions be made or be compromised in most relationships. And I don't wanna compromise a lot of my decisions when like um, I'm in Long Beach right now and I half the time live in LA, which is like the Mecca of my dance community and where I train. And I feel like that if I move here, I will lose that. I will just detach myself from it and be lazy and <laughs> to go down the rabbit hole. And then I'll be like, I'm not doing what I came out here to do. But even that, there's that threat of, I'm not good enough. Like you would give up yourself and be compromised. That you couldn't stand up for yourself and what you want to do. That's weird because I know I could. <laughs> I know you can too. It seems to me there's a lot of fear there, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. now the decision process, I'm not saying whether you should move in or not. But it's clouded by fear, so it's not allowing you to see it objectively. Yeah, it's freaking terrifying. I'm like, oh. Well, of course. If that's the lens through which you're seeing, which I'm hearing, this is not safe for me to be in my fullest expression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And there's some belief under there driving it. There's probably a belief about relationships. I hear you say relationships are confining or relationships are, I don't know what. What do you think it is? I don't even want to say it's a trap. The odd thing is. Why not? Why don't you want to say that? Because my partner makes me feel the exact opposite. I know but that's, it's not about your, this is not about your partner. Yeah. Right. That is the trap. You can't even say what you're feeling. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've said trap and it sounds like that's a belief. Relationships are a trap. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why 
I would think that. But, okay, but just allow yourself to say that's what you've been thinking or feel yeah. or believing. Isn't that kind of freeing to just let it out a little bit? You're right. I totally see it around me, so I believe it. <laughs> okay, but now that you see it and you see that that's what you're believing and that's what the thought is, even though it's one you don't want, now you can maybe find a way out of it. If you're in denial over what that is, then it's hard to really go address it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like with I'm not good enough. Oh, yeah. I hate admitting that. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, but it's good to be able to admit it and understand where some thinking is because it's in the background, regardless of you admit it or not. Right. When being run by our limiting beliefs, it can be tough to look at ourselves in the mirror. This is because these beliefs become the lens through which we see the world and ourselves. You can hear in my conversation with Jade that her belief is clouding her judgment. So much so, she's even struggling to say it out loud. In this situation, we're the observer. We're not in Jade's shoes. Therefore, it's clear to us what her blind spots are. We heard her say, I'm terrified of losing my independence because I've just seen a lot of decisions be made or be compromised in most relationships. Yet when I press her on believing that relationships are a trap, she denies it. She wants to disagree with me. It may seem silly that she would deny it, but it's also normal. It's common that when I challenge people's limiting beliefs, they become defensive. If you believe I'm not good enough, and that becomes the lens through which you see yourself. And by looking in the mirror, even if you know intellectually that you are good enough, that you look good, what you see is not enough. As we continue listening to this conversation with Jade, keep in mind that part of recognizing the impact is also accepting it. And that's challenging. It's tough, but it can be done. So it's kind of driving your decisions. And if the moment you can go, oh, wow, that's what's driving it. That's the belief that I have. Then you can challenge it. Yeah. Instead of going, is he the right guy? Is this the right time? Is this the right place? That's all the stuff on the outside. Wow. Trying to make everything perfect before I make a decision. It doesn't work like that. Right. And that comes down back to your, I'm not good enough. Just like the dance. Like you have to be warmed up and perfect in order to go do the thing that you love. Yeah. Ugh. And I'm not saying don't train and don't warm up, but it sounds like it's in the way of you even enjoying that. You said something like, I feel great for signing up for this intensive. And then you proceeded to tell me how you're beating yourself up for not training enough to go to the intensive that was actually meant to help you get back into the thing that you wanted to do. Right. So now I'm just not going to go to that because I'm not warmed up and then I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not saying you're not going to go, but it becomes okay. a cycle. Wow. That's a good point. <laughs> okay. So the impact is you're not taking some risks and you're not taking a risk with your partner. And then it's probably in the way of a lot of joy. Absolutely. It's been hard to like fully enjoy things without having to feel like, um, even if I do take a small risk, I'm like, I didn't take a big enough risk. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you bring a lot of joy to the people in your life. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, where's yours? 
Not that you're never happy. I'm not saying you're a depressed person, but you know, look, I got an offer of a job. You had an opportunity where you didn't have an opportunity before, and yeah. then you used it to beat yourself up. You signed up for the thing that you want to do, <laughs> and then you use that to beat yourself up. Yeah. You love your partner. He makes you feel great, but you're having a certain way of thinking that you're using to beat yourself up. I need it to be perfect. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, what? Holy shit, I'm difficult. <laughs> no, this is totally normal. In this conversation with Jade, you have heard the impact of, I'm not good enough. For Jade, it surfaced in dance and extended its claws into other areas of her life. She avoids taking risks such as taking the new job offer, the dance intensive, and the opportunity to move in with her partner and take their relationship to the next level. Not taking those risks is probably in the way of a lot more joy for Jade. Think about that for a second. How often do you miss opportunities for more joy in your life, or for more love, for more excitement, or from goals and dreams? Think about that and let it sink in. If you haven't recognized the impact of your limiting belief in your life, that's okay too. At the end of the episode, I'll provide some tips on how you can list out the areas in your life where there is potential for growth. So we got kind of the impact. You got an idea of how that impacts? Oh, yeah. And are you starting to see that this is coming from within? Yeah. Now, the danger that we're in with me and you talking about this is now you can go, I can't believe I'm doing this and use that to beat yourself up. <laughs> I'll try not to do that. <laughs> All right. So I'm not going to let you do that. This is just how it is. We don't have to trust our feelings completely. That just because we're having a bad moment or a bad day or a bad feeling doesn't mean it's the truth. Yeah. Especially if it's driven by an irrational belief like I'm not good enough. Or it has to be perfect comes out of that too. Whew. Emotions don't mean the truth. No, they don't. They're meant to be experienced. They have a place. They help us identify certain things, but they're not always fact. <sighs> like that fear, guilt, and shame that you'll have over money that you talked about earlier with your family. Yeah. That fear, guilt, and shame isn't even yours. That's ideas and emotions and thoughts that they had and taught you as you grew up. Yeah, I do know where that's coming from. Where's it coming from? Well, I live with my uncle right now. And I've been staying with him since I moved out here. And uh, I know that there's this slight belief that he has that because we grew up with my dad, who was like an open door kind of guy, he kind of sees us as like freeloaders almost. My sister said this, and I don't even know if it's true, but he's like, well, you're living at his house and maybe you need to spend more time with his kids or pay more attention to them. And it brings me this odd pressure that I wouldn't put on myself or I wouldn't have noticed if she hadn't mentioned it because my other sister will battle that and she'll say no he's really proud of you for going after your dream and passion and I fight with that all the time you said something really important there you said that puts a pressure on me that I wouldn't have noticed if she hadn't brought it up which yeah. means it still would have been there you just wouldn't have been aware of it. 
And those are the type of pressures that drive us into these behaviors we don't like. It's kind of driving you unconsciously. You're not aware of it. Yeah. So I'm like buying into it. In some ways, yes. Hmm. You know, you might not have been thinking that, but then it might have you going out and selling out your dream just to make money to prove that you're not a freeloader. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a lie. <laughs> okay. That's not a lie. But there, again, there's probably not very much about you that is, if we actually defined freeloader, that is like that. I would imagine just in the, my experience of you so far is you're probably very responsible. You work really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I try really hard. Yeah. I can feel that bleeding into the relationship too, which is why I hope to overcome this because part of the reason I know I don't want to move in with my partner is that independence thing. It's like, I want to know I earned this myself. I didn't just move into an apartment with you and you know, got it handed to me. It is possible for us to allow these beliefs to define our self-worth. In Jade's story, I'm not good enough is a belief of scarcity. On the surface, the scarcity is tethered to the idea that money is a limiting factor. Jade believes she cannot do anything she loves or is passionate about until she makes enough money. And while money is important in life and we need it, the belief that she can't do anything until she makes enough money is an irrational one. Just look at the world around her and around you. Many people do things that they love all the time without having excess amounts of money. And then Jade begins to see her relationship as scarce. She views moving in with her partner as a decision that will limit her instead of supporting her growth. She thinks that he'll weigh her down and other times that she'll weigh him down. These thoughts do not lead her to being in the fullest expression in her relationship. And the scarcity breeds fear. It has her live in survival. Jade actually identified this earlier. She said, I want to get out of just surviving. Take a look at your own life. Be honest with yourself. Look at the different aspects. Where are you truly living? And where are you just surviving? There's a lot to break down in this episode. And if you had the trouble of recognizing the impact of your limiting belief in your life, this is what I encourage you to do. Write down goals or improvements that you want in your life. How long have you had them? What are the limiting beliefs that get in the way? And by not achieving these goals, what are you missing out on in your life, your career, relationships, and dreams? By recognizing the impact of these beliefs, you will begin to see the value in breaking through them, which is precisely what you'll learn on the next episode of Breakthrough. Breakthrough is an original series brought to you by the podcast app. Enjoy other exclusive series, courses, and stories through the wellness section on the app. In this series, the goal is for me, Ryan Suave, to coach guests step-by-step -step to break through personal barriers, to emerge into a lighter and happier life. And guess what? We wanna work with you. We are now looking for guests. If you are interested in coaching sessions, please email us at breakthrough at podcast.app. The ideal candidate is someone who struggles with stress or anxiety and is ready for a life-changing breakthrough. All identities will be kept anonymous. We look forward to hearing from you.
Breakthrough is written by myself, Ryan Suave, and Alex Vespasted. Our executive producers are Martin Siniowski and Valerie Luna on behalf of the podcast app, Alex Vespasted, and myself. Cover art by Edward Quintero and music provided by Epidemic Sound. Special thanks to Milena Rose, Juan Catalano, the podcast app team, and all of our friends and family who have provided feedback in the making of these episodes. And these episodes wouldn't be what they are without your support. Thank you for listening.